St. Joseph's Health presents another edition of its podcast, St. Joseph's Health MedCast. Gastroesophageal reflux disease, or GERD, is common, easily treatable, and is oftentimes misunderstood. Here to address reflux disease misconceptions is Dr. Boris Buniak, a gastroenterologist at St. Joseph's Health. Dr. Buniak, thank you for your time. So first off, what is GERD? Well, GERD is, uh, or another word for it is heartburn, is when you have a burning sensation in your chest, just behind the breastbone, and usually worse after eating, particularly spicy foods. Um, we'll give you like people who drink a lot of coffee or people who have... Um, tomato juice or, or tomato products, chocolates, alcohol. Right after that, you'll feel this sensation in the back of your chest, and it starts a burning sensation. And actually, could give you some a chronic cough, uh, some hoarseness, and even nausea. So what are some of the biggest misconceptions, then, of this condition? Most people think that heartburn is a benign condition, when actually could become something serious. With prolonged reflux disease, that means acid coming from your stomach into your chest, can actually cause a burn in your esophagus. And that can lead to ulcerations, that can lead to, lead to strictures of the esophagus, making it difficult to even swallow food sometimes. Sometimes if they have, if they have, if they have uh, taking pills, sometimes they could get stuck. Uh, but with prolonged use, what could actually happen is you can actually turn into cancer. Okay, so that's good to know. So how do you diagnose this then? The diagnosis basically is most of the time by physical exam. You, you, if someone has this burning sensation two or three times a week, that's really a condition where we think it's uh, something that should be looked at. And one way that we do make the diagnosis, we actually do an upper endoscopy where you put a camera down the throat and take a look at the food pipe to look for any ulcerations or any precancerous conditions, sometimes to look for a hiatal hernia. So an endoscopy is the way to make the diagnosis. And uh, it's also done under sedation, so no one has to worry about feeling that camera going down the throat. So what are the treatment options then if someone is diagnosed with GERD or heartburn, as you say? A lot of people will initially start taking antacids over the counter. People will start chewing on Rolaids and Tums, but if they take too much of those, you can actually get kidney stones. But then there's over-the-counter Zantac and Prilosec and Pepsid and Nexium, and people sometimes will misuse this. And if you read the back of the package, they would say if you need to take it for more than a couple of weeks, you should contact your doctor so we can take a look at it. Because those medications do eventually have some long-term side effects. Let's say if you take uh, Prilosec or Nexium for too long, some people can get osteoporosis from that. You may develop kidney disease from it, pancreatitis. Um, so those are things that need to watch out for. Some people even get a magnesium deficiency, which then uh, will give you a lot of cramps in your arms and legs with prolonged use. But the medications are very effective, and if uh, watched, uh, monitored by a doctor, very effective in managing the symptoms. So those are over-the-counter medicines. What are some of the other treatment options available? Well, treatment options besides watching what you eat and making sure you don't eat three hours before you go to bed or don't lay down and do some heavy lifting after meals, those are some lifestyle modifications. Tell people don't drink before you go to bed, don't smoke. Those are some of the modifications. But there are surgical options. Someone who has a large hiatal hernia, they may need to have some type of surgical procedure to repair that. And some people have a very weak esophageal sphincter, which is the sphincter that separates the esophagus from the stomach. If that's weak, you know, as soon as your stomach contracts, food will come up into your chest. So there are 
devices now that we put into the lower part of the esophagus that can actually tighten up that sphincter so you don't get that regurgitation any longer. So can you explain the Lynx implant procedure since you're talking about these types of treatment options? Lynx is like a little bracelet that we actually put in laparoscopically into the stomach. So it, it is a surgery. Uh, it takes about a half an hour to do, to do the procedure. But they put this little ring, so a metallic ring that is magnetic and it has these little beads on it attached on the titanium, uh, uh, basically, string. And as you swallow, the magnetic beads separate so you can pass the food into the stomach. But then once the food bolus passes into the stomach, the rings come back together again and tighten that sphincter for you so regurgitation will no longer happen. So the heartburn is very well controlled. And after the Lynx implant procedure, how long does that uh, operation hold? Does that work for a lifetime then, or is that something you just have to manage over time? The Lynx procedure is a relatively new procedure. It's only been around for three to four years, so we don't have much data beyond four years. But uh, as long as the magnets continue to work, it should work lifelong, and that's why we're using it. This allows us uh, an opportunity to no longer use medications, which a lot of people don't want to do. A lot of people forget to take the medication, but they want to use it because of long-term side effects. But with this magnetic ring in there, it should provide long-term relief. Well, getting off medication, very important. So you've mentioned a couple times the hiatal hernia. Can you explain to us what that is? The hiatal hernia is when part of the stomach uh, starts passing into the chest. When you take a deep breath, you cause a negative pressure in your chest, and it basically sucks stomach contents up into your chest area. So when you lift something, you can do that. You cough, you sneeze, all those things can pass part of the stomach up into your chest. And we've actually had some cases where the whole stomach ends up in the chest, so obviously it's very bad. But if you were to identify that early enough, that could be repaired by pulling the stomach back into the stomach and creating and, and sort of sewing up the defect that happened in the diaphragm that allowed the stomach to pass into the chest. And Dr. Buniak, what are some of the symptoms of the hiatal hernia? Well, the hiatal hernia is you'll just be eating something, um, and then all of a sudden you'll just have regurgitation food coming up into your throat. We've had had some people who complain of aspiration in the middle of the night. Let's say they eat something heavy at dinner, they go to sleep, and then all of a sudden you have all this food passing up into the back of the throat and you're almost choking on it. So that's part of the thing with the hiatal hernia. Now, if the hiatal hernia is very large and it takes up most of the chest, people will find it even difficult uh, to take a deep breath. Um, or they'll feel some pressure in their chest. Uh, so you have like a big gas bubble in your chest making it difficult to take a deep breath. But those are very large hiatal hernias, but most people just have simple regurgitation, and, uh, and they call it water brash. So if you have some gastric contents going into the distal part of your food pipe, let's say you'll have a lot of watering in your mouth. That's your, your body's attempt to try to clear the acid from the esophagus back into the stomach. So those are some of the symptoms of the hiatal hernia. And Dr. Buniak, the Heartburn Center at St. Joseph's Health has a complete team of physicians and other experts to diagnose and treat people's conditions. Can you tell us more about this team? Yes, we have two gastroenterologists, one being myself, and then we also have two surgeons, both who have uh, been trained very well in laparoscopic and also robotic surgery to place the Lynx procedure and do the fundoplications, which are the hiatal hernia repairs. We also have a nutritionist that will help people identify which foods they need to avoid to prevent reflux. We also have pulmonologists also, or lung doctors, who um, people have a chronic cough or hoarseness from the met, from uh, reflux. They can help you with that. We also have behavioral scientists. Some people even get anxiety uh, or even depression from having 
chronic reflux, so we have uh, those people as well. So we have a pretty good team, and we meet uh, twice a month. So we can talk about difficult cases, so we have an idea of how to help each individual that comes through our center. We also have a coordinator who arranges all of our procedures, and we also have our nurse manager as well. Great information, Dr. Buniak, and thank you so much for your time. And for more information about reflux disease and to hear more podcasts, please visit sjhsyr.org. That's sjhsyr.org. This is St. Joseph's Health MedCast from St. Joseph's Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.